Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Welcome back, everybody. Last week, or was it two weeks ago? It seems like forever now. (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun. That's right. Last week, we left off with uh, God talking to Job out of a literal whirlwind, according to Scripture. And Job had had, uh, been... Not not talking bad about God, but just questioning God about, you know, why would he, his pride got in the way, right? His, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he was uh, showing quite a bit of pride and talking to his friends and God had to come down and humble him a little bit and uh, just remind him of who he was and remind him that he's the one that created everything. Job had no idea what he was talking about. He wasn't <laughs> around when all that happened. So God had to spend some time straightening up everything between his friends and his his own pride. So yeah. this week, we're going to talk about his redemption and, mm-hmm. and how he kind of gets his life back. Yeah. What's the story look like? Yeah. So so whenever God finished talking to Job, he wasn't quite done yet. He he turned his attention to Job's friends who were you know so helpful to him. Uh, he, he specifically talks to uh, Eliphaz, the Temanite. Um, he was one of the three friends. And you know what? We talked about this last week that the Job's primary issue and what God kind of talked to him about is is the pride issue, right? Of, you know, don't, don't forget your place, right? Don't forget that I created you. You, you know, you don't have any control over creation, right? And so don't, don't, don't get that. Um, who's in control here out, out of whack. But mm-hmm. yeah, the reality is his friends didn't have it right either. And we, we talked about that. They, they had this conversation for like 35 chapters, which is a crazy long conversation. And throughout all of that, they were basically, you know, telling Job, okay, well, this must be what God was doing. But God called him out. Job 42, 7, he said, I'm angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. And so if you remember from last week, you know, God rebuked Job. He got on to him uh, for challenging him and, and because of the pride issue. But what we see here is that Job was actually never wrong about his perspective on God and and he was never wrong about the fact that he didn't do anything wrong. His, his friends got it all out of whack. It was really just his attitude, right? He, it was his pride. His pride got in the way, but um, God, God steps in and says, hold on friends. You guys have a part in this too. You guys weren't perfect, but he didn't go on for 35 chapters with his friends or, or <laughs> about his friends, like his friends did to Job. Right. Right. <laughs> so what, what part of the story then, what, what part of all of this did his friends get wrong? Obviously, we know he didn't do anything mm-hmm. because we know the whole story. Right. But I think there's a little bit more to it, isn't there? Yeah. So so their biggest mistake is that they claimed to know and understand God's character to the point that they could say, okay, if Job is dealing with all of this hardship and all of this pain and all this suffering, then he must have done something to earn it. Um, and so basically they said, well... You know, the only way God possibly could work is that you must have done something to earn uh, everything that you're going through. And, you know, there's an old saying about not assuming things. Um, <laughs> you know, when we assume things, it makes a, a, a donkey, I guess, out of you and me. But when we're talking about God, that's especially true. Um, you know, none of us um, can fully comprehend and know and understand God. And so, you know, kind of a little side note here, it's really important that 
you know, as we study the Bible and we learn more and all that stuff that we never think, okay, I've got it all figured out. Hmm. I've got all the answers. This is how it has to be. Well, that's the beauty of the Bible. We never will because it's, it's new every time we read it, right? That's right. It's every time we're going to learn something new, uh, even if it's a verse we memorized when we were five, it can still teach us. You know, and I was thinking about Job's uh, friends talking to them about what he did wrong. You know how he must have done something wrong for this to happen. It's almost kind of the opposite of the health, wealth, uh, the prosperity mm, gospel. Uh, yeah. You know, health and wealth and prosperity, all that. That, um, you know, if if what they're saying is true, if he did something wrong to earn all of this, then you would almost think the opposite would have to be true. Uh, that mm. that if you were perfect, that you would just get all the blessings in the world. Right. Which none of us are perfect, obviously, except yeah. Jesus. But Still, we can't be good enough to earn God's blessing. Right. And we can't be bad enough to, to not get his blessing. Right. So it, it just doesn't work together. No. And, and that's, you know, that's the beauty of the whole system that God put in place is that you know, we, um, and also what makes it difficult to understand sometimes is, you know, why things happen the way they do. We go through trials and tests and we go through tough stuff. And, you know, sometimes that's to help us grow our faith. Now, sometimes that is the natural consequence of our bad decisions. I got plenty of those I deal with on a daily basis. Um, Boris Gump says, as stupid is, as stupid does. (laughs) And, and that's the, and and I, I, like, I, I feel that, right. I feel that day in and day out that, that, you know, I do things that are dumb and I take the consequence for it. But sometimes that's just not what's going on, right? right? And that's what we see with Job, that, you know, there was something else different going on here where where God was allowing him to be tested. It was to, to show Satan, hey, my guys are good, and they're going to stick with me even through the tough stuff, even when everybody else is falling away from them, right? So basically, moral of that story, don't assume things about God. Go to the Word, learn about what it says. But if you don't understand something, sometimes it's just okay to not understand. That's right. So God's command to them as a result of this was to bring animal sacrifices for Job to sacrifice to God. And this was the way to restore the relationship with God because of their sin. So, you know, an- animal sacrifices, it's not something we really do today. Um, I don't think there are hardly any cultures that really do that today. I know we don't in America. I mean, um, not cultures that follow Jesus anyway. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Halloween is coming up, you know. <laughs> Sneak peek. But. If you remember back in Job 1, it says that Job would offer burnt sacrifices for his family just in case they had sinned. And so in the Old Testament, and specifically, it's kind of, it's really laid out when you get to the law of Moses. There are these rules put in place for how you can be restored. If you Essentially, if you make a mistake, if you break the law, then you bring in a sacrifice of some sort, often an animal sacrifice. You bring it to the priest. They would sacrifice it on your behalf. And that simultaneously was kind of your way to restore your relationship with God. And it was also how the priest got their portion, right? That's mm. that's how the priest got dinner, right? So they didn't have land of their own. Um, I won't get into all of that stuff. But essentially, that that was how you restored relationship with God. And so um, even before that, um, this was already kind of in place. We see it with Abraham. I uh, see it here with Job that the shedding of blood is required to be restored if you sin. And so that's what we see here. God is calling his friends to say, look, Job is the righteous one in this situation. He's the one who got it right. You come to him. He's going to sacrifice on your behalf and pray over you. And and that's how their relationship with God would be restored. So Job's friends brought the animals to Job 
Job sacrificed them and then prayed to God on their behalf. Mm-hmm. After God had just left, or was maybe still there, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah. He's still uh, in fear of this whirlwind. Um, right. Uh, keeping them cool. And so what? Did did God just, that, that was kind of the basis of it, and God just accepted everything as, to be okay? I mean, essentially, yeah. So, so kind of the, the assumption here when you bring that sacrifice in is that you have, you know, you're admitting faults. And so you're saying, okay, I admit faults. I'm repenting of that. I'm not going to do this anymore. Here's a sacrifice to kind of make restitution. Um, so it's kind of the same as, you know, confess your sin, repent uh, from them and you'll be saved. Right. It's, it's that, um, it's that same kind of mindset, but the old Testament way of doing it before we had Jesus, which as you said, we'll get into how that all points to him because it sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, it does. It <laughs> does. One interesting thing here is that, you know, so backing up to your original to your original question. Yeah, so God accepted the gift, right? He accepted that. He accepted Job's prayer, forgave all of them for what had happened. And, and so relationship was restored at that point for Job and for his three friends. You know, and, and one of the oddball things in the way this system is set up, and this is true in the law of Moses and, and true before that is, you know, in, in this case, we see a little picture of it, of them bringing their sacrifices to Job. And Job is the one who talks to God on their behalf. Can you imagine being Job in this situation? I mean, these guys had berated him for, you know, who knows, days, maybe weeks on end about, oh, you must have done something wrong. You, you know, you screwed this up. And then God tells him, oh, by the way, I need you to pray for them. It It's kind of crazy to me to think about. You know, it brings that whole uh, when Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies mm-hmm. and to love our enemies. It kind of it kind of brings that to mind of like, man, that must have been difficult to do, and with it fresh, yeah, um, and knowing that God had just God had just told him off. Yeah. Uh, so like, I know you did wrong because the same tornado that talked to me talked to you too, but yet I'm the one who has to make it right. I, I it would be tough. It would be, and, and and I know we've mentioned this before, but I think about old friends that. I have wronged or that have wronged me and Emily did a Bible study around it that basically said, even though she didn't do anything wrong, she needed to apologize. She needed to find something Hmm. that 1% of whatever that she played in that part. But here's the thing. When she did that, the burden was lifted Hmm. before that. She didn't even want to hear their names mentioned. But when she got in touch and said, you know what? I'm sorry for my part in that. This is what I did wrong. No, they didn't say, oh, no, no, it was me. You know, no. They said, oh, thanks. And that was the end of it. But she didn't have to think about him anymore. Right. She's not drinking the poison expecting somebody else to get sick. Right. And they didn't even know it was bothering her. Hmm. You know? I mean, uh, that's the thing. When when people wrong us, most of the time those people don't even know they did it. Yeah. So when we can take that to them. And say, you know what, that hurt my feelings. Or not even bring up their their issue, but say, you know what, I'm sorry things went down the way that that it did. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of stories where I've had friends in the past that I know I've wronged. That hmm. it bothers me that that things happened the way they did. Years later, I've brought it up and said, hey, you know what, ten years ago, I know this happened. I'm sorry. I didn't talk to him in those ten years. Hmm. I mean, I've looked up people, tried to find them, and because it just kept eating at me. Yeah. So God, God knew what he was doing. Obviously, yeah. he always does. <laughs> but you know, I I think when he 
first of all, he knew what he was doing in in having Job pray for them and sacrifice for them. Can you imagine them coming back with their sacrifice and their tail between their legs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That kind of brings that, that image of uh, heaping burning coals on their head yeah. <laughs> that the New Testament talks about, you know, the loving, you know, killing them with kindness, so to right. speak, to the point that they're, they're almost embarrassed. Right. Um, kind of, kind of brings that imagery to mind. And, you know, to, to your point, this is the kind of forgiveness that God calls us to. This mm-hmm. is, is what it's all about. And we actually talked about that. Um, earlier this year, I guess, um, about the different kinds of forgiveness and what that looks like. So be sure to go and check out those episodes. Yeah, that was our, um, that was our repentance episode mm-hmm. in season mm-hmm. in last season, right? Yeah. Getting, getting down to the basics of Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And talking about repentance and forgiveness and how all of that comes together. Yeah. yeah. And so be sure to go check that out. But, but we see that here in Job's life of, of what that's supposed to look like. And so really cool. So after Job's done this, um, God comes in and he restores to Job everything that he had before, much, much more. We see that he has all of his wealth, all of his possessions are doubled, is what the Bible says. And whenever all this started happening, his brothers and his sisters, his friends, his acquaintances, um, that long lost uncle that he hadn't heard from in 50 years, you know, everybody came and celebrated with him. You know, they had a big old party, which... It's kind of interesting to think about it, and, I, and this literally just popped in my head, the fact that um, we started the story with a party with all of his kids, and that's that was a lot of the devastation, right, was the house collapsed on him. But he's ending with a celebration of, of this restoration. Do you think he was worried about having that celebration? You know, what's Probably the- had it outside. <laughs> <laughs> Open skies. <laughs> um, and, and then, you know, finally God blessed him with 10 more kids. He had seven sons and three daughters, and... You know, not not being a parent yet, I don't know, you know what what it would feel like to lose kids. But yeah, you know, there there is no um, while there's no replacement. I'm sure it had to feel good for Job to even have that part of his life restored. Yeah. No, I can't imagine losing a kid. And and I mentioned this one or two episodes ago that it scares me to think that God could or would allow things like that to happen. Yeah. But as we can see in this story. He, he knows what he's doing. And, and no, you're right. His kids aren't replaced. And doubling his wealth is not sufficient. I mean, in my eyes, you know, if you're not... Yes, he lost everything. And now he has double of what he had. Right. But he went through hell on earth. I think literally with Satan poking yeah. at him to... To have gotten this, and then I'm going to call it a blessing that he got to talk to God face to face, and he got an explanation from God. Yeah, he's he's a different person. Yeah, uh, you know, okay, he you know he's he's so much wiser than he was before, and he was still blameless in the eyes of God before then even. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and you know. To, to have that perspective of Job, to have the patience of Job to go through all this. And then, like you said, to have that face-to-face with God, to see God um, confirm with his friends of like, no, you guys didn't have this right. This isn't what was going on here. And then to finally be restored. I mean, it's it's truly a sign of blessing to come on the back end of that. And, and we see here that also the Job lived a long life. He lived another 140 years. And was able to enjoy uh, future generations, even to the fourth, which means he saw his great, great grandchildren. 
which is just crazy to think about 140 years by itself, but to see his great, great grandkids, just crazy. But we don't know exactly how old he was when he passed, but he lived a long, full life and he saw a complete turnaround from, he was, he was up on the mountaintop way down in the valley, right? Like you said, literally hell on earth with Satan coming after him full force, uh, everything except taking his life, but to be blessed on the back end because he remained faithful. He never stepped away from his faith. Even with his friends pulling at him and his wife telling him, just drop it and leave it behind. Um, he never turned his back and God got on the back end, blessed him for it and, and rewarded him for that. And considering he had already had grown kids and yeah. a wife who also didn't have his back, who's never mentioned again, actually. God didn't mention her. Did he? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> mentioned the friends who stuck around, but she just said, why are you even worshiping this God? Yeah. Did she leave? I don't know. It's interesting. I just thought of that. Hmm. But the fact that he had, like I say, grown kids already, when they were taken, you know, he was already old, older. Yeah. You know, even if it was 50, you you would guess that he was over 200 years old. Yeah. By the time he, he finally died. So, of course, Noah lived to be, what, 900 and something? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> crazy time. So, yeah. People yeah. lived a little longer than we do. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, and so when we look back at Job's story, and this is our our fifth episode on on the story of Job, I think the 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 key takeaway from all of this is that God is always in control, right? In the good times, God was in control. Uh, in the valley, in the pit, when his friends were tearing him down, and all that God was still in control uh, and saw him through to the end. You know, Job's faith in God really never wavered. He was. He was frustrated with his friends. He got a little bit prideful, right? What did I do to deserve this kind of mindset? But he never said, you know what? Forget God. I'm done with this. Yeah. And, and, and it, it brings up kind of an interesting thing that I think, I'm, well, I know you and I both dealt with. And I think really all of us as Christians deal with is, is he questions this stuff as he goes through it. Like, what did I do to earn this? Right. He has that thought and there's really nothing wrong with that. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, sometimes we, we talk about um, you know, doubting in our faith or, you know, like, I just don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. But, you know, stuff happens. Life happens. And it's okay to not, like we said earlier, it's okay to not understand. It's important to keep your faith in God through it. Know that God's going to see you through no matter what you're dealing with. Even even if you don't understand in the moment. Yeah. And, and just, I would add to remember your place, too, where God's concerned. We weren't there when he created the universe. We weren't there when he did all of this stuff. How are we to know what he's doing? Um, right. The Bible's not completely clear on the end game. We know Jesus is coming back, Yep. but we don't know when and we don't know exactly how. We know how, you know, uh, what John in Revelation states, the best way he could imagine it happening, I guess, <laughs> right. based on he, what he saw. He explained what he saw, but we yeah. don't know what it means exactly. Yeah. Right. So we don't know. We, we cannot tell you what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. We just know something's going to happen and Jesus is coming back. And we've got to remember that, that we can question God because we don't understand. But I don't think it's okay to question God as though he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. We should, we should never have the attitude of this isn't fair. Right. You know, and, and I think when, when you cross that line and say what I'm going through is not fair, you're, you're, you're now saying, okay, God doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's not in control of this anymore. Um, you know, so, so complete transparency. And I, and I think I can 
understand a little bit more of why now. Hmm. Um, but we recorded this episode last week. Yeah. And the recording didn't come out well. So here we are recording it again. And last week I was in a funk. I just couldn't get out of it. Just having a rough week, uh, overwhelmed, stress, work, whatever. And it made me realize I needed to double down and focus on what God's wanting. Hmm. Right. I needed to pay closer attention. Hmm. Um, and try to figure it out. And today alone, uh, you know, I had this realization, what, Saturday? Today's Monday as of this recording. Today I had this realization that, well, I ran into two people I haven't seen in years, first hmm. of all, today. Um, two Christian men that I looked up to. Uh, one of them a former boss at a church and, and another just an old friend. And I've got to wonder why. Hmm. You know, And, and, I'm, and I'm questioning Right, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm questioning God. Why? What's the why, why? Did I run into those two people? I haven't seen in years, and I rarely run into people like that, yeah. especially not two at the same place. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. These both of these guys were at Home Depot. Don't know each other, <laughs> but they were there. Um, and why did all the dominoes fall into place where I was able? I wasn't. I didn't plan on going to Home Depot, but I needed to. Yeah. And why? You know, but something's there. Yeah. But what? And I still don't know. Even as of right now, I don't know why. I don't know what the point of it is. But I got to pay attention. I got to open my eyes. It could be as simple as sharing that story with you, with yeah. all of you, and you realizing you need to open your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know this. This comes back to uh, you know the promise we we talk about this verse a lot. Romans eight twenty eight. Right. God works everything together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And Job's life is a perfect example of that. Our lives um, line up with that promise that you know, everything we go through, good, better, ugly, God uses for our good. He uses it to better equip us, help us to grow. It could be a time of blessing that he just uses to bless us, right? Um, but whatever it is we're going through, God's going to use it for good. And so you can know when you see those guys at Home Depot, who knows what exactly is going to come out of it, but God's going to use it for something, something. right? If nothing else, maybe for this conversation, like you said, yeah. but God's going to use it. And it's something simple. It's it's almost a silly example. But when you really look at it, you know, when I look at it through that lens, kind of mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. What if? Yeah. Who knows? And that's, you know, kind of having that attitude of accidents don't happen. Coincidences don't happen. It all happens for a reason, right? Yeah. Well, and you know what? It's funny. So I quit that job. Um, so the meetup with my old boss was... A little awkward, but he was nice. Everybody, we were all nice. Um, it wasn't because of him I quit or anything. So it was a, it was just a little bit awkward yeah. meeting. Uh, the other guy, um, you know, the last thing I remember hearing from him was that he didn't like the way I was living my life. And this was pre-Christ. You know, this was my old life when I was a completely different person. And I'm, I'm glad I had, I'm glad that he had said that, even though he didn't say it to me. It was told to me by somebody else. Um, but I can look back on that now and say, you know what? I didn't like the way I was living my life back then. I didn't know it at the time, but now I do. Hmm. But that's a memory I have when I when I recognized him. He didn't recognize me, hmm. but I recognized him and, and <laughs> I called him out. Hey, you know, are you called his name and, and he's like, yeah, you know, we shook hands and reminisced for a few minutes and, you know, talked about the family and all that. And, and uh, um, I don't know, maybe something's going to come out of that later on. Maybe it's just a happenstance meeting for me to share the story and somebody else yeah. is going to get something good out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And whatever it's for, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. So how does all of this point to Jesus then? Because we know that 
obviously God's working on something with everything. So, and he foretold that in the Old Testament all the way up through the New Testament. So, in in this scene in particular in Job, something I wanted to talk about is the animal sacrifice, right? We talked about it earlier. Not something we do. You know, as, as Christians, we don't have, you know, a sacrifice of the lambs, right? Um, every Sunday, that's not a thing. Um, in case in case you were curious about that. That would get gross. <laughs> Although it'd be really good barbecue. <laughs> uh, I prefer brisket. Um, but, but in the Old Testament, this is how they restored a relationship with God. So kind of the, the ritual, if you will, was um, if you... Uh, if you sinned, if you broke a part of the law, you brought a sacrifice or an offering to the temple. You gave it to the priest. They sacrificed it or offered it. Um, could be a grain offering or an animal offering, something like that. Um, but whatever it was, um, you offered that. And when you did that, the priest offered it on your behalf, prayed for you, and you were put back in right relationship with God. Which was supposed to be as close as you can come to a perfect offering, right? So right. Uh, perfectly spotless lamb. Your your perfect grain, whatever mm-hmm. your whatever your uh, uh, the first of whatever you get, right? Yeah, for your first fruits, like it was supposed to be the best of the best, whatever you could offer. Right. Yeah, and so, so that offering system is how all of that worked, right? Well, there's a reason we don't do any of that today, um, and that reason is Jesus. So while before Jesus in the in the Old Testament times, the way you restored relationship was giving something up. God reached down out of heaven to earth and he said, okay, you guys can't get this right. You're not going to get it on your own. There is no perfect offering. There is no perfect sacrifice to your point. But he said, I can send my son and he can die and he's going to live a perfect life and die for you on the cross so that he can be the once and for all sacrifice needed to cover our sins. So rather than having to, oh no, did I break the law? What, what, what happened here? And having to try to keep up with all the sacrifices and all these things, um, God said, let me step into humanity. Let me step into the story here and I'm going to take care of this. Uh, Hebrews 10, 10 says, by this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. And so how this story points to Jesus specifically with the animal sacrifices is yeah, you know, all through the old Testament, you know, people had to try to basically they were constantly trying to keep up with God and you know, having to offer every time they messed up and they, they slipped up. But Jesus stepped into the scene and said, look, you don't have to do that anymore. I'm going to give you freedom. I'm going to give you freedom from sin. I'm going to give you access to the Father straight through me. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through these rituals and all that stuff. And John 14, 6, he said, look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father except through me. And so the way the story points to Jesus is the fact that when Jesus comes, that doesn't apply anymore. We don't have to go through that. All we have to do is accept that free gift of Christ. and. What it takes to do that, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says it well. For we are saved by grace through faith. It is a gift from God, not of works, so that no one may boast. And and that's a, a little bit of a paraphrase there. But basically what it says is that we put our faith in Christ. We put our faith that, you know, I can't save myself. I know I've messed up. I can't save myself. But I trust God to give me that salvation, that his grace is going to come over us. And so just want to throw it out there. You know, if you have any questions about that, Want any more information about what that looks like? Um, shoot us a note, info at simplifyjesus.com. That's why we do this podcast. It's all about getting the word out there, um, encouraging people to get plugged into churches, talking about the Bible, talking about Jesus. Nothing more we would like to talk to you about than that. So that is how the story points to Jesus. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We got through Job mm-hmm. after 10,000 chapters. <laughs> and 
Uh, no, not quite that many, but it seemed like a lot. His friends had a lot to say. So um, next week, we're going to get into the story of Moses, and we're going to get into Exodus 1 through 3 if you want to follow along and and kind of start seeing what happened after Joseph and, and how the people of Israel were treated and how they got out and big, long thing, but it's, uh, uh, was, was helped with, uh, was helped by God through Moses to, to make all that happen. So it's a, it's another fun story to really, I mean, another kind of depressing story, but nothing is as depressing as Job. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say that I might be wrong, but, uh, it has lots of drama, has lots of twists and turns. Let's say that. Uh, so anyway, we hope that you will catch us next week and uh, Matt's going to get us on out of here. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the, of the Simplify Jesus podcast. If you ever have any comments, questions, or concerns, shoot us a note at info at simplifiedjesus.com. We would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media. Facebook and Twitter is where we like to hang out. Um, come find us there. Like, share, uh, post comments, all that good stuff. Interact with us. We'd love to interact with you. Let you know what is coming up soon. Um, be sure to check out our website at www.simplifyjesus.com. There you can find all of our podcast episodes as we have new things coming out, new things going along. That is where you'll be able to keep up with us and find us there. And I think that's going to do it for this week. That should do it. Yeah. Take care, everybody.